we're kind of near the end of our time together. We, we knew we had some beautiful things coming up today. Marion's testimony. Thank you, Marion. My goodness, that is humbling to hear. Um, we love you, sister. We love your whole family. And, uh, and then we didn't, Carrie told us there was a secret announcement she was making. We didn't know uh, what to expect, but that was awesome. Um, so because of that, wanted to make sure that there was plenty of time for those things. I just prepared a, a very light, small reflection on one verse. It's actually a verse that we looked at last week. We did a kind of fuller chunk in Romans 9 and 10, but uh, the very last verse we looked at, chapter 10, verse 4, it's a verse that probably could use a little more love. And so we're going to give it some of that love in the next few minutes tonight. I'm going to ask if you would to stand for the reading of God's word if you're able. And um, we will read chapter 10, verse 4 together. It says this. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray, God, as I speak about it tonight, as all of us in here listen to it and, and, and wrestle with it, Lord, that you would make the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts pleasing in your sight. We ask it and pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for standing. You may be seated. It's probably the quickest up-down that we've had in church in a while, right? So I was telling Pastor Brian this week that I wanted to tell a story just very briefly on this passage um, about a friend of mine from college named Crazy Carl. And Brian pointed out that I have told stories about a guy named Slim that I used to work with. Uh, my old manager at Taco Bell, Minnie, and her wife, Gator. My, no, not her wife, I'm, excuse me, her husband, Gator. That's, yeah, sorry, off to a bad start already. I've told stories about my Uncle Bubba here before. And I think what Brian was suggesting was that I have to be making these people up. <laughs> but I'm not, I promise. These are real people. Crazy Carl was a fellow that I knew in college. He was a friend, um, and that's Carl with a K, by the way. So both the crazy and the Carl are spelled with a K. <laughs> and there's lots of things I could say about him. In fact, I've been tempted to preach about him before, but it's never made it in. But tonight, what I want to share with you about Crazy Carl is his unrelenting love of movie trailers, the previews before the movie. Now. On its own, I know that's not too strange. I, I would imagine that probably half the room here are people that like to arrive to the movie theater like 10 minutes before showtime so they can make sure that they're comfortable, they set, they, they got their refreshments so they can see all the trailers, right? There's some of you guys that do that. Amen. That, that's the first time I've heard you say amen, Hannah. I love it. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, this is just going off the rails really quickly. My homily, I've stuck my foot in my mouth like four times now. Well, anyways, it's not weird in itself to love the movie trailers, but what was unique about Crazy Carl is that he would watch the movie trailer of movies he had already seen before. And not only that, he would watch the movie trailer of movies he owned. 
he had like the DVD collector's edition of these movies that he could very easily just go over, pop it into his DVD player. But for those of you that don't know, that was like a little disc player that you would push in and it would, it would play feature films. He could do that and yet Carl for some reason stuck with the trailers rather than the actual movie. So, Brad, show them what movie I got up here. The one that you said was strange that I had in the sermon slide. This was Carl's favorite movie. He loved the Battle of Helm's Deep. And so anytime you'd walk by his room, chances are you were going to hear the music playing. Of the, the, dun, 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 dun. And you're like, oh, Carl's watching the battle again. But eight times out of 10, he wasn't actually watching the movie that he owned. He was watching the trailer. Now, Crazy Carl do, can do whatever he wants. That's why we love him. He's quirky. He's crazy with a K. But you got to admit that watching the movie trailer of a film that you've seen many times and that you own is kind of like backwards from how it was designed. Like the movie industry puts out trailers to, to get you hyped up, to anticipate the movie coming out, to, to sort of, uh, f you know, foreshadow it a bit. But once the real thing arrives, once the feature film is out there, you're not supposed to keep going back to the trailer to watch it instead of the real thing. Once the real thing arrives, you don't go back to the preview, do you? Now, believe it or not, I think this is the exact point that the Apostle Paul is trying to make in that one little verse that we read. What he's trying to say is that when Jesus Christ, AKA the real thing arrives, you do not go back to the law, AKA the preview, the trailer, the thing that pointed you towards Jesus and anticipated him coming when the righteousness that's built on faith in Jesus is finally revealed, the thing that the angels have been wanting to peek into from eternity's past, when that righteousness built on Christ is finally revealed, you don't go back to a righteousness built on the law. That'd be like continuing to watch the trailer when the real movie is there and it's good. And it's better than what the preview could have ever anticipated. The, the, the actual wording of the text was this, for Christ is the end of the law. And I know that word end is tricky. I know it makes you think that it's, the law is finished, it's kaput, it's thrown into the dumpster. Not the case. End here is being used in the sense of it's the goal, the purpose, the fulfillment or to use a, a, a word that I kind of stumbled on this week that I really like. Could you go to the next slide, Brad, the one with the map? It's the destination. Jesus Christ is the destination of the law. And the law and, and all the prophets, they're like the dotted black line on this treasure map that's leading you on the way, but the whole purpose of it is to get you to the X that marks the spot, which is trust and belief in Jesus Christ as your hope for salvation. That's its purpose. And so, you know, just defining the law real quickly, we've done it many times in our studies on Romans, but it, 
refers to the customs, sometimes the strange customs of the people of Israel. It refers to the regulations of offerings and sacrifices like you read about in the book of Leviticus. It, it refers to the, the judicial system that we read about in Deuteronomy of how uh, cases were adjudicated in Israel. It even refers to these universal moral principles like the Ten Commandments of what God requires of man and how we are to live in the way that he's designed us. All of those things fall under the big umbrella of what the law means here. And all of them have their unique ways in which they are valuable in and of themselves. But the one thing that they all share, all those elements of the law is that at their core, at the foundational level, their ultimate purpose is to lead you to trust and faith in Jesus. That's it. That's the point. That's the preview, the trailer that the law has been showing you. It's anticipating Jesus Christ and putting our faith and trust in him. He's the end of it, the fulfillment of it. Now there's lots of ways in just the last two minutes I have that we could apply this. And the biggest way, the way that Paul is using it in this portion of scripture is what we talked about last week and the sermon where my biggest takeaway for you is stop trusting in yourself. Put your trust in Christ. Stop trusting in your law keeping. Put your trust in Christ alone. That's the reason Paul says this right here. But the takeaway I wanna leave you with tonight is a little different. And it's this, I want Jesus to become more beautiful in your mind, in your heart, after thinking about this verse tonight. I want him to become more exalted and glorified when you think, holy cow, all of this was pointing to him. All of it, the parts that seem incredibly relevant to me, the parts that seem incredibly irrelevant to me, the parts that are mysterious, the parts that are right on, all of it was fulfilled in Christ. Who is this man to which all of the law and the prophets speak? How glorious must he be? The very end of the book of Luke there's a story we're told about these two guys that are on their way to this little village of Emmaus. And on their way there, a stranger shows up and starts talking to them. They don't realize it, but it's the risen Jesus who is disguised to them. And they're telling him about everything that's happened in Jerusalem, about Jesus' crucifixion and his burial. And what does this mean? He was supposed to be the Messiah. And Jesus says, really? You guys don't understand that all of this has been anticipated and the law and the prophets. And it says from that point forward, he began to show them how he was the fulfillment of all that was spoken of before. Now here's the thing that I want you to take away from that. After Jesus explained that to them, after he showed them how he was the end of the law, to use our language from the text tonight, their response was, how our hearts burned within us when we saw how he was the fulfillment of it all. I want our hearts to burn within us when we think about Jesus being grander, 
greater, more glorious, and more beautiful than maybe we even knew before coming in here tonight, that he's the fulfillment of all of this. And we could say in response to that, my heart burns when I think about how glorious he is. I shared with the folks up in paradise this morning that one of my favorite quotes of all time comes from Corey Ten Boom when she said, there is no depth, excuse me, there is no well so deep that Christ is not deeper still. You feel like you get to the bottom of knowing him. You've dug the, the well as deep as it could possibly go and Christ is deeper still. May we be staggered by his greatness and glory and may that desire to know that glorious Jesus more propel us into living lives that are honoring to him. Let's pray. Father, even this evening, let us see new things in Jesus that stun us with how glorious the Son of God truly is. And let us be able to say, not just quoting someone else, but truly, authentically from our own heart, that Christ is deeper still. It's in his name, the name of that glorious Jesus who is the end of the law that we pray, amen.